from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. It's number 300. Oh my God. It has given the Phillies the lead. Oh Bryce Harper has just hit his 300th career home run. He's done it in his 1,481st game. And the Phillies have taken the lead. Two hours well. later. <laughs> This was supposed to be a feel-good moment. Bryce Harper is going to hit his 300th home run. It gives the Phillies the lead. Their virtually perfect closer, Craig Kimball, comes on in the ninth and slams the door, and I'm feeling good, and everything's great. Wrong. How many times have I told you guys and gals that sports doesn't always have a storybook finish? Now, it might still today, but at the moment, it's a murder mystery or something because the Angels came back and scored three runs in the top of the ninth off of Craig Kimbrell. They got a 10-8 lead going to the bottom of the ninth. That's not the important thing there. The important thing there is that Bryce Harper is now the 153rd player, I do believe, in Major League Baseball history with 300 career home runs. And look, before you accuse me of being on WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia, which I would love to do, and it's going to sound even more like that a little bit later in the program. I'm giving you a foreshadowing of what's to come, so be ready for it. Buckle up. It's coming. You're going to get a sports radio lesson later this afternoon that involves Philly and Bryce Harper that I just thought was really funny and really cool, and I'll be able to compare it to you guys and gals who are our callers and just how important you are in the thread of sports and sports radio. So I'm going to try and localize it just as I would localize Bryce Harper because that's 300 home runs for him in his career but 184 of them significantly more than half of them came while he played for the Washington Nationals not the Philadelphia Phillies so there's my local angle my regional angle to this thing is that Bryce Harper has hit 184 of his 300 home runs as a Washington National of course, now he is a Philly, and we're happy about that, and the Nationals fans, I imagine, are not happy about that. And let me tell you one other thing, and welcome to the program, uh, the midweek edition of the Sports Huddle. Yes, it is game week. It is college football, plenty of NFL to talk about. I get it, all of that, but just, um, you know, deal with me for a little bit here. My love of baseball, my love of Philly and the Phillies and, and all of that. And they are kind of the headline story of the afternoon with Harper hitting the 300th home run of his career. But at the moment, looks like it's going to come in a losing cause unless the Phillies rally, which they are want to do in the bottom of the night. The Angels lead that game now by a score of 10 to 8. And they came back and scored those three runs in the top of the ninth without Shohei Otani doing anything. In fact, he struck out in that rally against Craig Kimbrell. They got big hits from other guys. And I'll tell you what, we talk about the San Diego Padres 
and AJ's Mets as being two of the more underachieving teams in Major League Baseball this season. Having now watched the Angels for the past three days because they've been playing the Phils in Philadelphia, and of course I've watched those games, I'm going to add them to the list of the most underachieving teams in baseball this season. They, um, you know, they tried to make a run at it. They kept Otani before the trade deadline. They were they were actually about four or five games over 500 at the end of July, and they've just bottomed out in August. I mean, there's if they win today, they'll be 64 and 70, and they're they're not even within striking distance. They're not even within sniffing distance of either the AL West, which in case you haven't noticed, you haven't been looking, has a three-way tie for first place. It's a really good race. And the Angels are 12-and-a-half out of first and 12-and-a-half out of a wild card. Uh, they're not going anywhere. And Otani's going to be gone at the end of the season, you would think, and he's probably going to have to have surgery on that elbow. It's just been a disaster. Mike Trout was on the DL for a long time. He thinks he's ready to come back. He comes back for one game, and the hand and the wrist are hurting again, and back on the IL he goes, and he's out. And then the Angels put, like, this group of players – on um, waivers the other day, which wasn't really supposed to get out there, and it did. Now, you can keep playing while you're on waivers until somebody, you know, claims you, and that's what's happened. And the guys that have been on waivers have actually done a pretty good job in these games against Philadelphia. They've got some real talent on this team. I'm not trying to throw, like, their manager, Phil Nevin, under the bus or anything here, but they're really underachieving. They have some really good players, a lot of whom, like, I don't think we've heard a whole lot about because Otani and Trout get, you know, the majority of the attention, and understandably so, but they've got other guys who are, are really good players, and they have just not performed up to their ability at all. So I'm grouping them with the Padres and the Mets as the most underachieving teams in baseball this season and probably the most costly of the bunch, not in pure terms of dollars and cents because that's probably the Mets, then the Padres, then the Angels, but they cost themselves a lot of talent by not trading away Otani at the trade deadline and getting some good young prospects uh, coming up through the minor leagues and some guys that are probably just starting out in the major leagues. Uh, Now they're not going to get anything. He's going to walk at at the end of the year, especially with the injury. Uh, that'll cost him some money and just the disaster that is the, the Angels this year. I, I have seen it up close and personal the past three days. Uh, they're two outs away from finishing this one off. It'd be a come-from-behind win, and they'd salvage one in this series, tough end of the series, but it's been an excellent homestand uh, for Philadelphia. Anyway, I, I got to tell you one funny story here. Uh, AJ, I'm listening to um, to Matt this afternoon, and I think he had just finished up with Trey Tomlinson and was getting ready to go to the break, and I could tell he was distracted a little bit, and he must have been watching the Phillies game. I, I, was was he in the studio today, Matt? He, I don't even know. He was not, but he didn't need to be. I know exactly what he was doing. Yeah, so he had the Phillies game on, as I do. So we, we both have it on. Full disclosure, we're both watching the game. But I'm listening to him. Um, on on you know my radio equipment, getting ready to do the uh, you know home studio version of the sports huddle here this afternoon, and I hear him start to like pregnant pause, sound a little distracted and whatnot, and then he says, "Oh, and Bryce Harper just hit a two-run homer to give the Phillies the lead." Well, his stream or whatever he was watching on was ahead of mine, AJ, and I'm looking up at my TV screen, and Harper's like waiting for the pitch. 
And I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. You're killing this moment for me because now I know it already happened. And sure enough, five seconds later, there goes Harper hitting the home run. That's what you get for listening to the mid-major. I know. He's on the cutting edge, right? He's ahead of everything. I know it. But weren't weren't times simpler in the good old now the good old days we wouldn't have been able to watch the games because we didn't have MLB.tv. But it was so simpler in the old days, like, you know, you had television and that was it. So you got one feed and everybody watched the one feed. And then cable came into existence and some cable was faster than others and you know, you got something a little ahead of the other and then streaming changed everything. Now it's like forty five seconds behind the live action and whatnot and it depends on how fast your streaming service might happen to be and sure enough matt was like five seconds ahead of me he he spoiled bryce harper's 300th home run for me that's why i don't let fantasy football player people who like check their phone every five minutes watch games with me i just don't do it because the phone is ahead of the game broadcast you're Mm -hmm. right about that also because the phone is pretty much in real time yeah it's 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 10 yeah right right which in this day and age i guess is about real time uh but you're right uh, and you know it, it's gotten better but a couple of years ago the apps were so far ahead particularly the baseball streaming i used to have to like either turn the phone off or turn it upside down so i didn't see the or change the alert and not have the alerts come but i have the alerts for most of it and not have the alert come ahead of time because the alert would come and i'd still be waiting for it on tv that is not the case anymore like the 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 baseball alerts come just after the play happens so that's actually okay um but yes it's complicated the viewing world for us sports fans immensely but that did happen today matt probably feels really good about it right i'm sure i'm sure he's listening listening and just waiting to go to hallmark to give you a card uh, and speaking of fantasy football, I'll tell you something real funny. Then we get a break in because we got our first guest coming up here in just a, in a couple of moments. So at, at UR at Richmond, we do this for fun fantasy league because we're not technically allowed to uh, bet or gamble, which technically is what fantasy football is. So we just do it, do it for fun and trash talk and pride and all that. Um, and I actually thought the fantasy draft was tonight, and it's actually next Wednesday night. I am way, way too prepared for this. Let me know if you need a ringer, Bob. Yeah, you could you could be my source. I got you. I'll be the guy on the side. Oh, that's awesome. I'll watch draft day like three times before I come in. I love that. Let's do it, man. Yeah, you'll be my general manager. That'd be great. All right, so it's next Wednesday night, so I'll let you know. We'll let come up do. with a game plan. We'll come up with a game plan. All right, here's our game plan for this afternoon on the Sports Huddle. Here's what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. Your help is needed. Emphasize, bold, italicize. Your help is needed for the Red Cross to continue to be on call for local or national emergencies, such as these recent hurricanes, flooding, wildfires. We obviously have the one going on down in Florida right now. To learn how you can volunteer or donate blood, visit Red Cross. We are going to visit in just a moment with John Freeman, the play-by-play voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. He's getting set to get on the plane and get to Nashville, the high noon Eastern time college football opener Saturday for the Virginia Cavaliers against the Tennessee Volunteers in Nashville, Tennessee. John's going to catch up with us right after the break. And then in the 5 o'clock hour, really excited, Colin Selby, the former Randolph-Macon pitcher who made it to the major leagues and is pitching really well right now 
for the Pittsburgh Pirates will join us at 5.30. Full disclosure, we've already taped that interview because he had to do it early this afternoon because obviously they've got other things they've got to be doing as they get ready for another game. So Colin Selby, I caught up with him just a couple hours ago. If you're a Randolph-making guy or a Pittsburgh Pirate fan, Tune in at 5.30 this afternoon. A fascinating story how he went from Chesapeake, Virginia, to Randolph-Macon, to the Pittsburgh Pirates, to the major leagues. We'll talk with Colin Selby coming up at 5.30. And I do want to have a little bit of fun with Bryce Harper and a caller in Philadelphia on their sports talk radio station and how Bryce shouted him out last night and hit a home run for him. Not number 300, number 299, last night just want to have a little fun with that and kind of uh, tip our caps and pat ourselves on the back for what a great thing sports radio is in whatever city you might be listening john freeman voice of the virginia cavaliers from charlottesville joins us next on the sports huddle as the Braves roll toward the 2023 postseason, there is one goal in mind, a World Series title. They still have plenty of obstacles to clear before that, and you can hear all the action here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 106.1 ESPN, Richmond. Back on a Wednesday afternoon, Bob Black back with you here, 1061 ESPN in the capital city. Thank you for tuning in as the clock continues to tick down towards the real start of the college football season. I realize week zero is in our rearview mirror from last week, but everybody getting going this weekend, and we're certainly excited about that. And the team that actually gets the opportunity to start just about before anybody else on Saturday will be the Virginia Cavaliers in Nashville against the Tennessee Volunteers. That is a noon Eastern kickoff, so real early morning in Nashville for John Freeman, the voice of the Cavaliers and the Virginia football team. And before he boards that plane to get to Nashville, he's on with us this afternoon. John, appreciate the time. Hope you've had a good summer and are ready for some football. Uh, Thanks for having me on, uh, Bob, and it's good to be back on. I know we talked weekly last year, and this time last year, I was talking about a Virginia-Richmond matchup and looking forward to seeing you. And we'll have to wait till the season opener next year when the Cavaliers and the Spiders once again kick things off. A little, little different, little different. All due respect to my beloved Spiders, but a little different opener this year against uh, against the Tennessee Volunteers. But I'm I'm sure excited about that. I'm sure the guys are. And let me make this a little bit more serious to start because I think you'd be remiss if if you didn't start with this conversation. I'm sure you're doing it over and over again now. But it's been almost 300 days since you guys have played. We know why it's been that long. We know Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry will always be in our minds. I loved what Tony Elliott said when he said we will never move on but we are moving forward what have you seen in the preseason from these virginia cavaliers that gives you the confidence that mentally physically emotionally they are moving forward oh well first of all it's just an excellent group of of young men and when i talk to them and and hear from them and uh, hear them speak on everything that they've been through i'm just amazed at these young men and what they've been able to process and continue to process while also still pushing forward and and moving forward, as you said. And uh, they have so much on their plate, whether it's wanting to play professional football, trying to make the starting lineup, trying to just get into the game, going to class, uh, trying to get good grades, keeping their social life. And every day, uh, I'm just amazed at, at how much they can juggle 
uh, with football, with class, and then also just the, the intense emotional hurt of the last year. So uh, consider me just impressed by this group think, every single yeah. time I talk to them. I think we echo that. Everything we see, everything we read, everything we hear. And I'm sure they're very excited to play a football game again, which they will do Saturday. So let, let's kind of go inside the white lines now a little bit, John. Obviously, it was not a great season uh, record-wise and on the field at 3-7. and seven. Uh, Where do you think the most improvement needs to come from Virginia this year? How is it? How easy is it to say oh, it's got to come offensively, never really got it going on that side of the ball? The defense seemed to seemed to get better as the year went on. Where, where do you think the most improvement improvement needs to be to improve on that record yeah they're gonna have to score more points there's no secret about that i was was looking at the the stat comparison between tennessee and virginia last year and i think virginia scored less than 200 points tennessee scored 599 (laughs) 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 so that's a a whole lot of points and we might need a lot on saturday to win the game but uh, as you said offensively it was a struggle i think defensively we're really excited about there's everybody that's coming back. We've got almost our entire defensive line back. Some players in the secondary are back. Uh, a really good young uh, linebacking core. So if the defense can kind of hold serve and replicate what they did last year and we can get a little bit more on the offensive end, you'll be looking at a lot more wins here for this UVA team. And offensively, it starts with a new quarterback in Tony Musket. And the player that coming in from Monmouth was a, a record-setting quarterback there, arguably – you're their top player in program history, and he's got all these accolades at an FCS level. Um, and you probably know how hard it is to, to translate from an FCS level to an FBS level, uh, but we're hoping he can do it. And he's got the moxie. He's got this confidence to him, and uh, he's he views himself as a point guard, as a facilitator, as somebody who can get the ball to his playmakers in space, and he's really accepted that role. He's not walking in saying, you know, I'm going to have to go win us this game. He's he's much more of a, a leader and a team guy. Um, so excited for him, excited for this offense to get a reboot, and we'll see where it goes on Saturday. John, what does that reboot kind of look like, do you think, offensively? Tony Elliott's offense in year two, uh, well-documented, the struggles, never really getting on the same page with Brandon Armstrong and, and all of that, what that reboot looks like um, under Tony Elliott in year two. It looks like a better offensive line, uh, and there's, there's no way around it. So last year the O-line struggled, and uh, it's not saying, oh, we've got better guys now or, or uh, kind of knocking on the guys in the past. It's just the guys that are returning are much better. So, for example, Ty Furnish, who was a center last year, was kind of thrust into that role, was undersized. He's added 15 pounds of strength and body weight. So he's going to be much better here in his second year as the starting center. And then speaking of weight fluctuating, Mikhail Boley, who was a starting tackle last year for Virginia, he's lost 15 pounds and looks much more agile and quick. So uh, we got some good guys coming in that are new, um, that are are probably going to have a big role. But then also the guys that are returning are just in a better spot physically uh, than they were last year. They have more experience. So uh, I don't necessarily know if it's a reboot in the sense of we're not changing a lot of what we want to do and how we do it on the offensive end, but everybody's just going to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. All right, defensively, as we both kind of pointed out, that probably was the strong suit of last year's team. Um, let's brag a little bit about the defense and where it was and, and where it's headed. And also just a little bit of a, a cautionary flag here. Uh, you know, one of your better defensive linemen you won't have Saturday, right, in, in Chico Bennett. 
Yeah, and, and that's uh, something that Coach Elliott noted over his press conference yesterday. Chico Bennett is a player that, in some of the mock drafts that I've seen, has been as high as a first-round draft pick, um, which you would expect for somebody who at one point in the season was leading the ACC in, in stacks, and uh, eventually the season was cut short, so he didn't end up gaining that, that accolade at the end of the season. But nevertheless, a lot expected from him. He was kneeling after a scrimmage. So he plays a full scrimmage a couple weeks ago. He was kneeling, got back up, and couldn't straighten out his knee. <laughs> now he can't play on Saturday. So he's undergone a procedure. He'll be back, uh, hopefully, for the JMU game. But that's a big loss. Yeah, uh, but a player named Cam Butler will mm-hmm. hopefully step up in his absence. Cam's the other side of the defensive line at, at the defensive end position. And you just got an opportunity for some other guys to, to fill a little bit of Chico's void. Yeah. All right. Where will the strength be then? Do you think on the defensive side of the ball, John? Oh, defensive line, hands down. Hmm. This defensive line last year was very good at pressuring the quarterback, also stopping the run, and almost every single one of them is back. Cam Butler, Jamir Carter at defensive tackle, Aaron Falmui, who it feels like has been there forever. I mean, he's been there so long. He's married and has a kid. he's on the defensive line uh chico bennett eventually when he comes back ben smiley's back uh it's it's really the strength of that unit Uh, one of the better defensive lines in the acc it's going to need to be when we face an sec opponent on saturday yeah you've already alluded to that so take us just a little bit deeper if you give us just a little bit more of a scouting report obviously we're hearing big things from tennessee they're coming off of a great season they you know took clemson really up one wall and down the other in in the bowl game at at the end of the year this team just seems really really legit doesn't it john yeah and the scary thing about what tennessee did to clemson in the orange bowl last year i mean they annihilated the tigers in the second half and most of the key cogs in that game are back this year. So they had a lot of injuries heading into that bowl game. Then they had some guys step into some roles, and they excelled. And now they're in the starting lineup uh, for Tennessee on Saturday. The big thing to watch is the speed of Tennessee. This is the fastest-paced offense in the country from last year. How about this, Bob? I saw a stat. They snapped the ball on average – 2.9 times every single minute of offense. (laughs) Uh, So they move the ball quite quick, and you'll see it. I mean, if they're able to connect on a 25-yard pass over the middle, the receiver will pop up after he's tackled, doesn't celebrate, immediately looks up, tries to identify the official that can spot the ball, throws the ball to the official, gets in line, and by that time, Everybody's at the line of scrimmage, ready to snap the ball and go. So there is no rest if you're the defense. they got to stay alert. Uh, they got to be ready to, to match that speed of Tennessee, and they've tried to replicate it in practice, but it's always something different when it shows up on game day. Johnny, are you even taking Tony with you on uh, Tony Covington with you on this trip? I mean, when when's he going to get a word in edgewise with that guy? <laughs> I've told him that. Yeah, I was like, you might be talking after punts and touchdowns, and that's about all the time. Uh, it's going to be a, a real quick broadcast for sure. But it'll be a good one. I'm sure you'll have a little bit of fun there in uh, Nashville, a neutral site, quote-unquote neutral site. It'll obviously be dominated by t- Tennessee volunteer fans. But you get a little time in Nashville, don't you, John? Yeah, it's uh, calling this game a neutral site is like saying when your spiders go to VCU and it's yeah. a neutral site because it's in the city of Richmond. <laughs> Ain't yeah. nothing neutral about this. When I see right. those checkers in the end zone and Smokey barking at me, yeah. there is nothing neutral about Nissan Stadium. 
and you'll hear Rocky Top over and over again from the time you walk in that stadium, I'm sure. Hey, one more before I let you go. I know you're, you're getting ready to get, get on the plane and, and get out of there. And I imagine you'll get tired of this question, but it's going to happen all year long. And uh, Matt Josephs, in the last hour on Border to Border, had Bob Kessling on, the voice of the Vols, and kind of asked him the same framed question, and that is this conference realignment thing and everything that's hanging over the head of the ACC and kind of what's the feel and vibe, you know, in Charlottesville on, on the Virginia grounds about where the Cavaliers are and where the ACC is headed. Uh, Bob, you must think I'm, I'm more important than I am. <laughs> nobody's telling, <laughs> I do, nobody's I do. telling me anything, um, <laughs> nor is it my place to know. That's, I mean, you're talking about way higher level uh, meetings. So presidents of university and athletic directors. So uh, I don't have any scoop. All I do is read the same articles that everybody else does and say, you know, that'd be a pretty nice place to fly every year or two. So <laughs> I'm hoping we add Hawaii and the University of Oxford. <laughs> I'd like to go I'd like to go overseas at least to play a football or basketball game each year. But uh yeah. thankful where where we are and have a lot of trust in the people that'll take us somewhere else if, if we need to be. All right. Well done. Thank you, John. Have safe travels and have a great call on Saturday. We'll look forward to catching up with you many times during the course of the season. Thanks for having me on, Bob. Go Hoos. John Freeman, the voice of the Hoos of the Virginia Cavaliers, heading to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Volunteers in the opener. Tennessee, of course, coming off a great year. Josh Heupel uh, moving into his third season there. has gotten that program back on track and, uh, yeah, beat Clemson in the in the Orange Bowl last year, went 11-2. and two. And, again, for Virginia, just the 10 games last year, the tragedy that they are, you know, trying to move forward from uh, and a three and seven year last season, a new quarterback this year, uh, a defense that should be pretty solid, but is going to be, you know, significantly challenged on Saturday in Nashville. But excited for it. Excited to have some college football back. And selfishly, I'm kind of glad it's a noon game because uh, the Spiders don't play until 6. So at noon, I'll still be getting ready to head to Robbins Stadium and we'll certainly be able to watch a portion of that game on Saturday. That's uh, that's the kickoff one. Virginia at Tennessee, noon on Saturday as we talked with Jay Colley yesterday. Our first uh, Division One team that gets going is tomorrow night when William & Mary plays at Campbell at 7 o'clock. Apparently it's a pretty big deal down there in Bowie's Creek. I was uh, talking with a member of the CAA football staff today, Carly Smith, who will be on the sidelines at Robin Stadium for us on our telecast on uh, Saturday evening on NBC Sports Washington. And she said, yeah, they're they're pumped down there at Campbell. They're going to have a big student turnout. It's a night game. It's their first game in the conference. They're playing the nationally ranked tribe of William & Mary. Uh, so it's going to be a big deal for them down there. Of course, William & Mary is a prohibitive favorite in that game. But that's the first of our D1 state teams that will get underway. William & Mary at Campbell tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And then Virginia gets it going on Saturday at noon against Tennessee. And Virginia Tech and Old Dominion wrap up that Saturday. They play the 8 o'clock game under the lights at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. We've been talking about that game and we'll continue to do so as we get you to kick off on Saturday. All right, it's uh, 4.30. Let's get the break in here. Uh, when we come back, I do want to have a little bit of fun, so bear with me. Uh, just enjoy the next segment. I just got a kind of a chuckle out of it and enjoyed it. And again, it's Philly-related and it's Philly-based, but I really am driving home the point of the power of sports talk radio and what you callers mean to us and to the athletes in the city in which you are living. 
We'll do all of that. I'm making more of a big deal out of it than it is. But we'll do it next on the Sports Auto 1061 ESPN. The Spiders are fresh off their first playoff berth since 2016 and hungry for more. Follow every first down, pick six, and blocked punt here on the exclusive home for the Richmond Spiders. 1061 ESPN Richmond. But let me be journalistically sound before I go into my fandom and my pro-media uh, stance in this segment of the program. And I'll, I'll be a reporter and give you the report and the scores from this afternoon because lots of day baseball today. I already mentioned the Phillies blew a lead. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, who's been great all year as their closer, uh, blew it in the ninth inning. And the Angels came from behind and beat the Phillies 10-8 to despite Bryce Harper's 300th career home run. Trey Turner also homered. The Phillies have set a record for most homers in a month. And uh, they still, well, that's it. Today's the last day. They don't play tomorrow. I think they hit like 57 or 58, somewhere around there, 58, 59 home runs in the month of August alone. Anyway, Angels win that game. But just so you know, it's not only on one team. The Orioles, you know, one of the best teams in baseball this year, 83 wins, first place uh, in the American League East. Kyle Gibson has had a great year, 13 wins. Uh, He gives up three home runs. The Orioles blow a four-run lead against one of the worst teams in baseball, the Chicago White Sox. And the White Sox win it today at Camden Yards by a score of 10-5. to So you're not going to win every day is the moral of that story. And some days, even when it looks like you are going to win, the tables get turned on you. It's not storybook finishes day in and day out. Rest of the day, baseball today. One other game has gone final, and that's the uh, Guardians beating the Twins. Minnesota leading the AL Central 5-2. Cleveland wins there. Uh, The Brewers in first place in the NL Central, and the Cubs battling for a wild card spot, also in the Central. Good one today. 2-2, bottom of the eighth at Wrigley Field. Nothing better than a day baseball game in late August at Wrigley when the Cubs are actually in the playoff conversation and they're playing a team in their own division is in first place. I will bet every nook and cranny is filled at Wrigley Field this afternoon. 2-2, bottom of the eighth uh, there. Padres lead the Cardinals 4-3. They go to the ninth in St. Louis. Uh, Blue Jays, who have some work to do to try and get back in the wild card race in the American League, they're shutting out the Nationals today 4 nothing. Uh, the Nats, again, have been playing good baseball, uh, but not winning today 4 nothing. Blue Jays middle of the sixth inning Reds and Giants also both very much in the playoff uh, conversation the wild card conversation nothing nothing bottom half of the fourth Astros lead the Red Sox three nothing bottom of the second Boston trying to hang around Houston in that three-way tie in the west with Seattle and Texas and they're up three nothing in the bottom of the second Framber Valdez pitching today for Houston Oakland leads Seattle one of the other teams tied for first in the west two nothing top half of the second inning. And the Braves play tonight uh, against the Rockies, 840, so 825 airtime here on um, 106.1 ESPN. And the uh, Braves are throwing out another young pitcher today, Darius Vines. Please raise your hand if you've heard of Darius Vines. I have never heard of Darius Vines, I must admit. And he is going to start today for the Atlanta Braves. And I'm sure he'll throw five shutout innings for the Braves today. You just know it's going to happen. Tune in and find out tonight, 825 airtime.
All right, there you go. All right, now let me get let me get to the story. So this this happened yesterday. Sports radio in Philadelphia is a big deal. Ninety four WIP. It's the sports radio station. It's the big talker. Uh, it's the powerhouse. All of that, and everybody listens to it. And I'm really not embellishing that. If you're any kind of sports person, everybody in Philadelphia listens to 94 WIP. I know there's another sports station in Philly, but trust me, it pales in comparison to WIP. And they have many loyal callers, just like we do, just like we have Bruce and we have Reggie and all those guys who call in and Dolphin Dave and Caesar and every all we have them, and obviously they do in Philly also. So yesterday afternoon in their midday show, about 2 o'clock in the 2 o'clock hour, uh, Chuck from Mount Airy calls in uh, to the Marks and Reese show. Uh, that's John Marks and Ike Reese. Ike, Ike Reese, a former uh, Philadelphia Eagle, former NFL player. So they have a very popular afternoon show. So in the 2 o'clock hour, they get the call from Chuck from Mount Airy. Mount Airy is a section of Philadelphia. In fact, ironically enough, it's where I grew up. My, the first eight years of my life uh, before we moved to suburbia were spent in Mount Airy. So it's even more dear to my heart. So here's the call yesterday of Chuck from Mount Airy. Now I want to say something about uh, 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 my man, Bryce Harper, right? Yes. Bryce Harper, listen, man, if I don't do anything before I die, I'm going to shake that man's hand one day. You hear me? He's one of the best. He's well, the best Chuck, he could be listening right now as we know his routine is to listen to the Marks and Reese show on his way into the park. If he's listening, listen, man. Listen. Bryce, get your ass down, kicking in peace whenever you get a chance, man. And come meet me. And come meet the people that love you. Because you are the man. And we go where Bryce Harper go. Okay? I don't want to hear nothing about this Trey Turner. Trey Turner's doing a great job, yeah. And you need to thank me for that. All I hear is Jack getting credit for it. All right. So there's there's Chuck from Mount Harry shouting out Bryce Harper. And you heard uh, the hosts mention, and they weren't kidding, that, that Bryce Harper has been known to listen to Sports Radio WIP on his way to and from the ballpark. Uh, and last night, after the game, and he homered in last night's game, unprompted in his media gaggle, you know, with all the cameras and microphones and notepads around him, Bryce Harper led on to the fact that he was listening to Chuck from Mount Airy. It's funny, I was driving in today and, you know, I'm listening to WIP like I do a lot uh, in two o'clock hour. And uh, a guy named Chuck called in and he calls in a lot of slayers. Uh, but I said, uh, you know, he was talking about our team and talking about me and stuff. And um, I walked in the training room. I was like, I'm going to go deep tonight for Chuck. Uh, <laughs> and that guy had me fired up, man. And guess what Bryce Harper did? You don't have to guess. You know. But here it is. Here's what Bryce Harper did for Chuck from Mount Airy last night. The right launch angle. Yes, like there. That one is swung on and hit deep to right field off the auxiliary scoreboard. A solo home run. He ties the game at one. His 14th homer of the year. It's his eighth straight game with an RBI. You thought 111.9 was fast last night? That's 115.7. He's just been absolutely amazing. All right, so there are a lot of things at play here, right? 
AJ, there are a lot of things at play here. Like Not a lot l- of shade on Trey Turner. Good guy. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And you don't want to do that now. Well, now the Philly fans took care of Trey Turner, right? They gave him that standing ovation. He hasn't, like, had an for since, practically. Audience, He's- I had an opener for Trey Turner's uh, yes. triple run. He's like, carrying it. We got, we got Bryce got Harper's Bryce. 12th home run or whatever it was. So, so Chuck from Mount Airy and Bob from Mount Airy are on the same page there. The heck with Trey Turner. This is all about Bryce Harper all the time you could certainly play the trey turner uh sound bite going into the commercial break if you'd like i i will not be opposed to that but i just thought this was so powerful on so many fronts so first of all how cool is it that a superstar athlete in a major league sport in a major city like the fourth largest city in america actually listens and admits that he listens to sports talk radio yeah, it was a cool. It, like I, I thought I was gonna be a little bored with this. This was a really awesome story. You thought you were gonna be bored with an idea that I had? No, well, Philly, I am hurt, AJ. Philly, right? I am, I am hurt. All right, but first of all, I think that's really cool. Like, how many athletes around here or coaches around here would admit they listen to Big Al in the morning or Bob in the afternoon or Matt in the mid? I just don't think they would. And I think it's just really cool that Bryce Harper says, yeah, I'm a sports fan. I listen to Sports Dog Radio. And obviously, the Phillies are going great right now. Great. I mean, they're as good as anybody in baseball right now. So it's easy to listen, right? It's all love all the time in Philly. But if it wasn't, if it was when they were struggling in April and May, he just turns the radio off if it gets to be too much for him. So I give him all the credit in the world for listening and for admitting that he listens and then how powerful is chuck from mount airy come on now i mean you know that's going to happen right you know that meeting is going to happen bryce harper is going to shake chuck from mount airy's hand right i mean it's got to happen doesn't it i like stories like this me too but i think the, the third part of what's at work here is the power of sports talk radio right i mean i think we have our place in society and our place in the sports world and hopefully our place in richmond virginia i just thought it was really cool you know what's funny i used to listen to it a lot back when you had to right like driving around i did a lot of patrols and, mm-hmm. and deliveries mm-hmm. and all that other stuff and then for a long time i hadn't i came back here working here and all that other stuff and rob listens to it like religiously and I, it was when I took my first kind of big three or four days off, I started listening to you guys, and now I listen to it all the time again. Well, that's for sure, because you called. You didn't just listen. You called, and, and uh, forever respectful for that. So you do. And I'm with you. I, I, I have my moments with it and without it. Well, and the and, other thing is, all these guys, not to cut you off, Bob, but like, and I'm not even like tooting everybody's horn here, but like the analysts on TV are just, it's the same stuff and the same rhetoric and it's more drama and, and, and agenda based. You know, radio is still pure. I agree. I, I'm obviously a radio lover, and I'll even refrain. I'll even rephrase and call it just an audio lover because radio is kind of the old vernacular, right? I mean, radio is now on your phone and on Amazon Alexa, where you can get 1061 ESPN. Oh, by the way, um, you know it's on your computer, it's on web, so all of that. And I, I still, I still love it. I, I will tell you that, like when I'm out and sitting at the pool or at the beach, you know that kind of thing. And in this day and age, you can watch the game, right, on my phone. But when I'm I'm out, I actually elect to just listen to it on the radio. Like, I'd rather be able to watch the waves in the ocean and just listen to the game than, than not, you know, than just watch it. If so I had I, to listen to that bell 
over and over again. Yeah. I don't know. This, this is why I'm a Mets fan. I, uh, uh, well, when they were really good, we used to say, if I have to watch that apple go up and down every time they hit a home run in center field, I'm, you know, that kind of thing. 82 I know. was a long time ago. It was. That, that was. It was. All right. So, anyway, I, I just thought it was really cool. Uh, I love Chuck from Mount Airy. And, like I said, he hits home with me because Bob from Mount Airy uh, is where I started my life. And the fact that Harper, you know, just flat out admitted, hey, I listened. And they knew he listened. He said it before. And he was listening. And he homers for Chuck from Mount Airy. They will, they will have any – Chuck mentioned Chickie and Pete's. That's like one of the legendary sports bars in Philly. It's got, you know, a satellite location inside Citizens Bank Park. There's probably one inside the link, too. I don't even know. Um, so, you know, so they got all of the, you know, iconic Philadelphia in one segment there. And obviously, they were all over it again today. And they went in, like the, the TV station went and interviewed Chuck from Mount Airy. That's how big a deal it was in Philly. But I just think it's really cool. I think it resonates sports talk radio, whether it's in Philly or New York or Boston or Richmond or Norfolk or Raleigh Durham, wherever wherever it may be. Sports talk radio resonates um, with the callers and the listeners. And we have learned with the participants as well. I just thought it was. I just thought it was fun. It would have been more fun if the Phillies had won today, but it was still, it was still kind of fun. And now I'm all ears, AJ. If you want to play the Trey Turner, he had a two-run triple down the line last night. If you want to play it, going to break, have at it, my friend. What do you think? We'll see what happens. All right. Well, let's go to break then because we're approaching the top of the hour. Uh, Sports Auto continues. Thank you for locking in with us here in Richmond, Virginia, on 106.1 ESPN. The gift of sports. All you have to do is accept it. And perhaps send a thoughtful thank you card. Jamie King is live weekday mornings at 7 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Swing and a high fly ball to deep left field. They've done it again. They take the lead. A three-run home run for Turner. His 19th of the year. Can't slow this team down. It's a 6-5 game. Apparently, you can slow them down. (laughs) Well, that was a jinx, Tom McCarthy on NBC Sports Philadelphia, wasn't it? That was last night. It was actually accurate last night because they they won that game last night because of Trey Turner's three-run homer. I think he's hitting like 19 straight home games, which is closing in on a record in Philadelphia, and it started – with the game where he got the ovations after he came back off of that brutal road trip. And normally Philadelphia fans would have booed him unmercifully. And again, it was sports radio that started the campaign that said, hey, when you go to the park tonight, let's give Trey a standing ovation every time he comes up and show him some brotherly love. And let's not boo him, even though he's been, you know, God awful committing errors and striking. And sure enough, they cheered him and now he's hitting 19 straight home games. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Tom McCarthy, John Cruck on NBC Sports Philly. Maybe a little jinx there, although not last night. Just today, the Angels found a way to win in the ninth over the Phils. But it, it doesn't um, doesn't dampen the parade right now for uh, Philadelphia sports and uh, for, for the Phillies. Quite frankly, they're in, uh, really have a stranglehold on that that top wild card spot. Uh, can I do one more little bit of bragging on us? You can, you got AJ. all the minute and a half you I, want. I, exactly. That's. A, and I don't mean you and me necessarily at all, but if you listen to us on a regular basis, and I mean all of us, you get really a great cross-section 
of guys talking sports, right? I mean, you know, we talked about Jamie King. You just heard the promo uh, for him. But but then there's Big Al, who's been doing this longer than all of us, and you kind of get the uh, the homespun uh, kind of folksy way that, that only Al has, which is great. And, I mean, he didn't come up in the broadcast industry. That's the beauty of his story. He was a stockbroker, came in off the street, you know, years and years ago. It's a tremendous story. So you get that kind of spin in the morning. Then you get Matt in the afternoon, you know, a little grumpiness out of Matt. I mean that in a nice way, uh, but very educated. And, of course, you get the gambling side of it, which is perfect right now in this day and age with the legalization of sports gambling. So that's perfect for us. And then whatever it is I bring to the table is probably a little bit different than Matt and Al we, as well. Me and Robert talk about it all the time. Not only is it a quite a good foursome, but like the lineup, the way it goes in and out, the team, like it's perfect. I wouldn't change a thing. And again, I'm not trying to like really toot our horns and stand on the mountaintop and scream at all, but... I do think it gives you a variety of what you might want to hear when it comes to sports, and we hope you all enjoy it. And I'm going to get off the soapbox now. This I all honestly started... wouldn't have been stayed here as long if not for how awesome the four of you are. As long? You've hardly been here at all compared to the rest of us. you got a long way to go, man. This is a marathon, not a sprint. You know? We need you for the long haul, or at least through fantasy football season, one or the other, whichever comes first. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take a break. I'll get off of that. I'm not going to talk Philly or sports radio at all in the Lies. 5 o'clock hour. <laughs> I'm going to try anyway. That's the goal. Uh, ESPN Sports Center update and then the non-Philly, non-baseball, non-sports talk radio hour of the sports huddle from 5 to 6 is straight ahead on 1061 ESPN. Pearson Moss at 9520 West Broad Street.